Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Badley. Today's episode is about this idea of context. Context is all the conditions in our life, how we set things up, what's exactly happening at this moment in time, and to see that everything's been set up perfectly. Well, context could also be called contrast sometimes if you're not going with the flow of what is happening in your life and if you're seeing things as wrong or bad. So in that general idea, we come to earth to shift it and sort it and shake it up within this context that we created for ourselves. But the context is always perfect because it's a reflection of your perspective. You can't really change the conditions, but you can change your perspective. We're moving from the illusion of separation into the idea of oneness. And in that, our context is shifting and we have to you know, mentally think about exactly what we're doing and who we're being and how we're interacting. And that translates into a vibration and that vibration comes back with a perfect reflection of your beingness. So this is what this episode is about. I think you'll find it fascinating and I know you'll enjoy it. Let's get ready for this episode. We are thrilled to be here. Hi, Joshua. When you think that you understand what's going on in your life, that's a wonderful thing. When you think things are going well, when everything seems to be smooth, and then in the back of your mind, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, and that's fine as well. You see, this environment of physical reality, it's an adventure. It's a game. It's a challenge sometimes, and sometimes it's difficult. And the difficulty is generally based in your context, what you think things should be like, how you think you should proceed, where you think your life should be headed what you think other people should be doing. All of these things add together to give you an idea of who you're really being within that reality. You see, everything in your reality is a reflection of you, and therefore it is all you. When you look at your reality as if it's all you, you will make a judgment. That part of my reality is good. That part of my reality needs to be fixed or erased or changed in some way. And how do you do such a thing? Well, Often, when things aren't going well, you have receive urges to change the conditions. Seems logical. If you don't like the color of your house, you might paint the house and the house will be a different color. And you assume that you'd feel better because it's a different color. When you've done all the work and you look at it, you might be satisfied with it for a while or you might dislike it. Whatever it is, it just presents more context. The context is what you came for. In the non-physical since you are essentially neutral, since there's nowhere to go, you're eternal, since there are no problems, since you have much more information, there is no real context. And so how do you expand? How do you grow? How do you have experiences? You do so in a physical reality. Well, most physical realities, you feel connected to everyone else and everything else. You're well aware of that. Everything is a reflection you're understanding the densities and the evolution of consciousness. You have much more information. You do not feel separate, and you do not forget who you are. In this reality, it's a bit different. It's unique. You can't remember who you are, and you can't really understand how you're connected to everything and everyone in reality. But if you knew you were connected, if you knew scientifically that you're connected, if you understand that, Everyone is just a reflection of you or a version of you or an aspect of you or made up of the same stuff as you. You'd go along with this idea of oneness. Well, if you knew that that homeless person was an aspect of you, 
you might look at that person differently. You might have a completely different opinion of them or judgment of them. You might have more compassion. You might have less compassion. But you would have certainly a different relationship to that person. If you didn't know that, well, then you would have quite a different context. And then you can judge that person and feel better about yourself or feel sorry for that person and feel not so good that you can't really do anything to help. Everything is built for you to have this context, this feedback, to let you know where you are on any subject. This is the brilliance of this system. It's very difficult to see it when you're in it. But from our perspective, when you're looking back, when you see a history and evolution, when you understand those of you who come into this reality are the mavericks and the explorers and the adventurers, when you understand the power of those of you who jump in and why you jump in, what you choose in your path, you didn't choose the easy path. You didn't choose to play a simple game. You chose the most complex game, the most challenging game, the most adventurous game. That's because of who you are, but you can't see that. And that's where the rub is. Imagine being this powerful being who chooses this difficult game and then gets inside the game and doesn't realize, A, it's a game, and B, they're powerful. How do they proceed? How do they remember? How do they learn? How do they grow? How do they hold a higher perspective? How do they even consider their perspective is something to be achieved even? And yet you are all here. You are here where very few are. Those of you listening on the call now, those of you who are listening at a later date, somehow, some way, this information resonates with you. You have found it, and you're considering it, and you're playing with it, and you're playing with it within the context of the reality that you've already created, thinking that, like Gary did, this information is going to help him change his conditions. And while it certainly does, it's never the way you think it's going to be. Because what you're here to do is possibly the opposite of what you think you want to do, where all your desires stem from. They stem from this identity that you have, what that identity needs to be propelled into the context and receive back what it perceives as lacking. What would make this identity really work? What would get me the like, love, respect, admiration from others? What would get me all the things, the comforts, the, the fortune, the fame, the friends, the relationships, the health? How could I get that from my reality? And then you think, well, if my reality is me and is reflecting back to me who I'm being within this reality, then the only way to affect the reality is to consider what's going on inside. What are my thoughts about myself? What are my thoughts about other people? Where am I leading myself to? Is it to improve, get better, fix a problem, fix some imperfection? Or is it to see myself as whole, complete, worthy, possibly perfect as I am? If you could redefine these terms and understand that perfection simply is what is in every moment. It cannot be other than perfect. How you are being where you are right now 
in your journey is the perfect place to be and the only place to be. You could say it's the only place you could possibly be, therefore it's the perfect place for you. Now, if you consider this idea, the spot where you find yourselves at this moment, those of you on the call now, look at the clock. Those of you listening at a later date, look at the clock where you are. Take note of the date and the time. This is the perfect spot for me. I made it to this spot. All the experiences I ever had through my life, the setup of my life, the birth conditions, all of those obstacles that I've overcome, all the information that I've gathered along the way has led me step-by-step-by-step by step by step to this spot. From this spot, I can go anywhere. It's infinite. It's perfect. And where I choose to go depends on how I choose to see myself, not the decisions I make. What I choose to do this weekend has to do with how I see myself in my reality this weekend. And the decisions will emerge from that perspective, not the other way around. The choices that you think that you are making are based in the perspective that you have on yourself in that area of your life. They are the only choices you will make because they are based in that perspective. You can think a bit and raise that perspective. Raise your perspective of yourself. Understand how worthy you are, how magnificent you are, how capable you are, and complete you are. Or you can reduce that perspective. Think of yourself as a victim at any time you want to. And the choices that come based in those two perspectives will be vastly different. But what you end up doing or not doing, the choices that you make, the decisions you make, the actions you take, are based only on that perspective, based in that point in time, which is perfect. So you could make a decision, and it could lead to an experience, and it could create a condition or an outcome. And then you will arrive at a new spot in time, and that spot will be perfect too. However, you can look back at that experience. You can look back at that outcome. And you could say, I imagine there might have been a better outcome. And this is what humans are doing all the time. Because of your life in duality, you're judging everything. Because everything you judge is part of that context. And so it's up to you to decide for yourself, is this perfect or is this imperfect? Could this improve or could it not improve? Do I need to fix a problem or is there any problem whatsoever? Is it actually real or is it imaginary? Is it happening in this moment right now while I'm speaking or is it a possibility of the future? Does it worry you or give you anxiety when you think about it in the future or even in the past? So we say, look at your past. Everything happened, everything emerged based on the perspective of you at that time. Where you are now is a higher perspective. The choices that you made at that time were the only choices available to you. And the path that came about as a result of those choices, decisions, and actions ended up leading you here to the perfect moment. Therefore, they had to be perfect. They can't be changed. And they're is no use wanting them to be different than they are because there's no way to know 
where that would have led you. The same is true with your future. If you think about, if I do this, that, and the other thing, it will set me up in a way that I prefer. It's based on a perspective that you have now, which is limited compared to the version of you that will be there in the future, a higher perspective version of you. Now, that version of you gets to that higher perspective, not because of any of the things that you do or any of the choices you make. It gets there due to the practice of seeing perfection and choosing the higher perspective when you can. The more you can see the higher perspective, the more you will make choices based in that perspective or take actions based in that perspective or build relationships based in that perspective or exist in a state of joy based in a higher perspective. The more you choose a limited perspective and you see your friends and family doing this all the time, they're complaining based in what they think is happening where they don't have enough information. They're considering other people that are affecting their life or creating in the reality, which you know is not possible. They are always preparing themselves for the other shoe to fall. And they're living very small lives based in that fact. They do not want to rock the boat of their made-up reality. And the thing that they're most in fear of doing, and the thing that is the most challenging for all of you, is to take a look at that identity and realize that it has nothing to do with who you truly are, and that that identity can fall away. And each time it falls away a little bit, it leads to an expanded identity. With more work on looking at things from the higher perspective, you will encounter more examples, more manifestation events, more manifestations that expand the identity. When you think something is happening and you think it's wrong, you can look at identity. Did this affect my identity? And if you can go with that and understand it's just an expansion of the identity, you can know it's leading you to where you truly want to go. Where you truly want to go is on the other side of all your fears. And all your fears exist on the other side of your present identity. And with that, we'd like to talk to you about anything we'd like to talk about. Who would like to start? Hi, Joshua. It's Emma here. Emma! I wasn't at the retreat, but I was listening to the recording today. And on Wednesday, Australia time, I had some really big insights as part of a limited beliefs form that I did. And then when I was listening to the recording of the retreat, which I think was um, Monday US time, which is a day before Australia, I heard in the answers to the Joshua Live questions almost exactly the insights that I had had a day later, which were kind of new to me. So is it that at Joshua Live at the retreat, the energy was kind of freed up with those insights so that I could then receive them energetically a day later? Or is it just coincident or that I'm hearing what I think of the insights that I've just had because they're forefront in my mind? I just wondered if there's anything to explain around that. Well, there are no accidents. There's no coincidence. There's no luck. Everything that you receive 
is based in where you are and how you perceive yourself. You did the work when you had a manifestation event and you noticed a limiting belief. That manifestation event form or the work that you did enabled you to see something you had not seen before. It gave you information. It filled in a hole of a limiting belief. It opened your eyes to a reality that was always there that you could not see from that perspective. So your perspective was raised, and now you could see things. Generally, when that happens, you see it all over the place. You see it in a TV show, or you listen to a podcast, or a friend is talking about something. You say, oh, I was just thinking about that, or oh, that is adding a little bit to the insight that I got. In your case, it was designed perfectly for you. You had wanted to go to a retreat. That would have been nice. But of course, you live on the other side of the world, and it wasn't feasible at this time. You just come back from that long trip, but you were hoping to do it in the future. But what if you were there anyway? Or what if your inner self was there? Or what if everything was coordinated in that retreat for everyone who was there, for you specifically? Well, to think in those terms, all of the people gathered together in a town in North America, had conversations, had belief systems, had inspiration to ask questions, and all of it was for you. They didn't realize it at the time. They didn't realize that they were doing this for someone else. But they all came together to support you on the other side of the world to get a little tiny insight. Now, if you can think of yourself in those terms, who are you to be the recipient of all that love, of all that moving around and making plans and traveling across the country and meeting new people and pushing past their fears, all of it for you? Well, that's happening with every single person in your reality. They're all doing it for you. Is that a high perspective or a limited perspective? Of course, that's about as high as it gets. When you realize that you're all connected and you're all doing things for each other, and this strange event happens where you've done enough work, you've gotten the idea that when a manifestation event happens, it points out a limiting belief, that that limiting belief can't be true, and you can find evidence to prove it's not true. And when you do, you expand your perspective even more and you see things you didn't see before, you get insights. And then confirmation comes. Confirmation comes in the single most effective way for you specifically, in the recording of a retreat that was held before you even knew what you were doing. Those who gathered at the retreat were playing all of these psychic games. There was a class on how to develop your psychic skills. And they were picking these cards and quite a few people guessed the card before the person even picked the card. How could that be? The person wasn't thinking the card. The person didn't even know the card. The person hadn't even reached for the card. Yet several people knew that was the card. It was happening before the person even decided to pick the card. Everything was happening to create surprise and delight for those who are willing to suspend belief enough to realize that there's something going on here that's far more than what they believe. 
And when you open up to that possibility, to the perspective that possibly you are the creator of all this, that you created that retreat, that you were part of the inspiration that those who came to the retreat had, that those who are listening to this now, those who will ask questions later, are asking questions so that you can get insight specifically for you. That those who built the town that you lived in, that you live in now, the home that you live in, all was built for you. Is that a high perspective or a limited perspective? Of course, that's the highest perspective you could possibly attain at this level. And then to think, well, if all of this is going on all at the same time, that people are receiving inspiration that will give me insights or surprise and delight me or create this stream of energy that flows through. If all of this is happening for just you, Emma, because it's your reality, and everyone else is happening for it at the same time, but they can't see it because their perspective is down here. The moment you start to raise that perspective, you see what you could not see before. This is the value of the shifting perspective. This is the value of the work that you've been doing. It's not outrageous or braggadocious. It's just how it is. As soon as you see it, as soon as you understand it, as soon as you realize it, then it starts appearing everywhere. All the numbers lining up. All the serendipity. But if you're going to look at these things that surprise and delight you and give you goosebumps, as for you specifically, you'll have to look at everything else that you don't like as well. Because these things are happening for your benefit too. You're just not used to seeing them in that light. You're seeing them as wrong or problems or should be different than they are. If you're going down a road where you believe that the Emma human version of you knows best how it should unfold, and you're efforting and struggling and trying new things and wishing things would be different than they are and can't understand why this isn't working or that's not working, you have to know that it cannot work until you've inverted until you realize that everything that you're doing too is for the service of others. A lot of it is manifestation events. A lot of it is context. But a lot of it is love as well. Now imagine consciously going on that level, on that inversion, and realizing everyone's doing it for you and you're doing it for everyone else. That's a collective consciousness. That's oneness. That's where you're headed. That's where all of you are headed. To see this oneness, this connection that you all have, that you don't know how you're doing it. You don't know why you're inspired. They don't know why they're inspired. They think they're doing it for some other reason. And yet the entire retreat was organized so that Emma could get a little tiny insight and then see the validation within a call that was recorded previously. If that doesn't wake you up, and we know what it did, it certainly should. Wonderful question. Joanna. Good morning. I make a point to meditate. However, when I, over the years, and when I sit down to meditate, it's almost like a green light for my brain 
to just have a, a colourful, audio-ridden party. And I'm just curious, I've tried multiple different ways of meditating, but I'm just wondering what you have to say about that almost green light for mental creativity as opposed to a settling calm sensation. For many years, Gary meditated, and he had the goal to stop thought, to stop that stream of thought. And so he would effort and struggle and stop thought for a millisecond. And before he knew it, more thoughts, more thoughts, more thoughts, more thoughts, more thoughts, more thoughts. Stop it for a couple seconds, more thoughts, more thoughts, more thoughts. Just keep going and going and going and going. Then he was lost in thought during meditation, as he often is. And he realized the thoughts that he was thinking was actually communication with us, communication with his inner self, these wonderful ideas that he was attracting, these very fun, interesting, strange, non-productive ideas. And so in meditation, he started communicating and leaning into those ideas and those conversations, those thoughts, and then playing with them. And so he suddenly realized that the dreary, resistant, contextual thoughts that were always in his mind, the worry, the doubt, the fear, they were not present in meditation anymore, but there was a flow of thought that he could not stop. And so he gave up the resistance to that flow and started playing with it. And then just recently, a year ago or so, he was advised that possibly now he could go back to this more calm, peaceful type of meditation you're thinking of where he's able to stop thought for a little bit longer. And so he played with that and played with that and played with that and then realized that he could get into this void that is talked about, never thinking that was possible. And so his meditation now has reached a different level. What he had done is he gave up trying. He gave up needing it to be any certain way. He gave up the control of it. And in giving up that control, he found the peace, the joy, the satisfaction of meditation, which he always considered part of the work, not part of the play. When you have a party going on in your head, that sounds like a wonderful place to be. When you have a stream of creativity coming in, there is a lot of people who would love that sort of thing. There's no need to stop that. There's no need to wrestle it into being anything other than what it is. We suggest playing with that as much as you can, as long as you can, going with the flow of that, picking out little ideas, tossing it around in your head, getting yourself caught up in the whole flow of that, seeing how long you can take it, seeing how could it be possible to just let it be what it is, let the colors be, let the thoughts be, let it flow, engage with it, lean into it, interact with it. Meditation is exactly like life. Life is just meditation with your eyes open. Things are coming at you in all directions. You have very little to no control over it, nor would any control be of any benefit whatsoever. If you could flow with life as you flow with meditation, you would have a joyful life. If you could understand that it is what it is, based on the perspective that you have at this point in time, right now, in this moment, 
and it will evolve as you evolve your perspective. How would you evolve your perspective? You would say, the meditation that I'm doing now, that is really fascinating. It's really interesting. It's this brightly colored party of creativity going on. It's not the peaceful thing that other people are doing, but I'm unique and my perspective is unique and where I am is unique. And I am evolving in my consciousness. I'm raising my perspective. So while it's here, let's just lean into it and play with it and have fun with it. Let's not try to change it at all. Let's roll with that and see what comes of it without any attachment to an outcome, just because it's here. And if it's here, it must be what? It's perfect if it's here. You're perfect as you are in this moment. That is not something that is easy to see. That is not something that we expect anyone to understand whatsoever. But if you could just possibly consider that in that moment of meditation, time literally stops for you. There is nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to get done. If you had to get something done, it would work within those human confines or constraints that you have set up. It is there to serve you. It's a practice and an evolution. And like everything else, it's based on the perspective that you have. To have a entertaining form of meditation that's going on in your head, and then to try to shut down the show, this is what humans are doing in their lives. Most humans are living these grand, spectacular, abundant, free lives without truly a care in the world, had they had a higher perspective, but perceiving everything is real and giving themselves a lot of context. That's wonderful. But you define the context. The context is always defined by the individual experiencing it. You can define it as, this is great. It's not normal. It's not what everyone else has, but it's wonderful. And I'm going to play with it. You can do that in this meditation that you're having. You could do it in the context of any work that you're doing. You can do it with any relationship. You can do it with your health. And you can do it with your spiritual growth. Everything is working out perfectly. You can't always see it. But you can't always think, hmm, I'm feeling this right now. This is what I would call a negative emotion. This means that I'm perceiving my reality inaccurately or the subject matter inaccurately. This might be leading to something that I truly want that I can't even imagine what that is. It's unimaginable. So I'm going to endeavor to see it from the highest perspective that I can believe in this moment. That practice of endeavoring to see something from the highest perspective that you can believe in the moment will lead to an elevation of consciousness and perspective so swift and spectacular that within a very short time, you'll be a completely new person living a new reality. You'll be a new person because you've lifted that perspective. Well, you'd be a new person if you limited the perspective too. But if you raise that perspective consciously, realizing that you're fully supported by your inner self, by source itself, by the design of this system, and by every other human on the planet, 
by the mass consciousness. You just can't see it from the perspective that you're at right now. As you raise that perspective, you will see it more. But you really do this by altering your beliefs. One way to alter a belief is to notice when you feel negative emotion and identify a limiting belief. Then prove to yourself it's false by finding evidence in your life or the life of someone else you know that shows that that belief is not true. That will alter your perspective. Another way is when you receive inspiration to push past the fear, take action, have the experience. The experience will give you information. This will elevate your perspective as well. Because when you get information, insights, ahas, and experience, your perspective shifts on its own. But before going into any experience, raise your perspective to believe that you are supported in this, that this experience is for you, that everything is perfect and working out, and that you are the creator of your reality and the observer of that reality and the experiencer of the reality. When those three align to see the perfection of any experience, you get all the information and your perspective shifts the most. You might say, if my perspective shifts higher, then I will never have an another manifestation of it. I will never feel negative emotion. No, this is not true. You will feel negative emotion every time you encounter any belief that is not true. And since your belief system is like an onion, you are peeling away the layers. Initially, when you're doing this work, you're peeling away the easy layers, the superficial layers. As you get deeper and deeper and deeper, you hit the core. And that core is the identity. The identity that you prop up and wish was true that has never been true. When you start peeling away those at the higher densities, things come out of the blue faster. And they hit hard. But you have the same work to do. Look at the limiting belief about the identity. What does that mean if that thing I think is me is not me? I have to be someone else. You're not someone else. You're just an expanded version of you. You are more. And in that more, you're in an even higher perspective. So think of your life the way you do your meditation. This party going on in my head is not the peaceful thing that they say meditation is all about. This life I'm living is not what it seems I would prefer, but both of them are perfect based on your perspective. As you do this practice to raise perspective, these things change and you get new stuff and new context, but you get to be ahead of it, the master of it the perceiver from a higher perspective of all this context, which means you can redefine it. Wonderful question. Who's next? Hi, Joshua. Emma. Number two. I've been going through a difficult situation with a neighbor now for eight months, nine months, however long I've been part of this community. And I haven't been taking any action because I haven't been getting any inspiration and I've been working through lots of limiting beliefs 
lots. <laughs> and the outside conditions haven't really seemed to be changing, which I, that's not why I'm doing it, but they haven't really seemed to be changing. It's still been very uncomfortable between myself and, and my neighbour. Uh, it's about a legal right of way access issue. It doesn't matter what it's about, but I've been very aware that I've been feeling conflict and that's not how I would choose to feel. But again, I've been feeling no inspiration. So I've just been working on my limiting beliefs, working on my limiting beliefs. And this week I had a really strong hit me over the head inspiration to knock on her front door and go around and say to her, basically, I'm not leaving until we sort this out in a very nice way, because I want us to be on good terms. So I pushed past the fear and I sent a text message just saying, can I come round? And I had so much fear about it. Anyway, I went round and I sat with her for two and a half hours. There were certainly difficult moments for sure. But by the end, I asked if I could give her a hug. And it was quite a significant moment, actually. I can feel quite moved by it, when I'm by, by it now. And I felt like we'd really connected. I came back and I had all sorts of things going through my head. It wasn't necessarily a complete piece, but I, but I felt like something really significant happened then. The next day, I got a basically a message from the landlord of my neighbour saying he wants to take us to court, which was very difficult. But I instantaneously, almost instant, literally within a minute, realised this is a manifestation event, this is for me, this is perfect. And I felt utter peace as well as utter fight or flight at the same time. And it was like I was seeing it both perspectives. If you could give me some insight about this whole situation, I'd, I'd be so, so grateful. Excellent. This event, this series of events, started eight months ago. Yes. Can you vision the version of Emma that existed eight months ago? Yes. When it happened for the first time, what went through your mind? The first limiting belief I processed was I'm powerless. Eight months later, with the expansion in perspective through acceptance, do you feel powerless now? Absolutely not. When you received the inspiration, knew it was inspiration, understood the fear, and pushed past the fear, did you feel powerless? No, powerful. What is the opposite of who you truly are? Powerful or powerless? The opposite is powerless. Wouldn't the universe be inclined and everyone in your reality to show you your power? Yes. To show you your power, not through talent or control, money, power, but through feelings of powerlessness. These feelings of powerlessness are little sticks to get you going. It does not feel good for a limitless being such as yourself to feel limitation. You will have a belief system that says that you cannot do certain things. And no matter how strong the stick is, you will not do those things. But when you get to something that comes to the core and causes you to feel the way you felt, but yet go on this path to a, a heightened perspective rather than acting on urges to change the conditions. It doesn't seem like it's the quickest route to a solution. 
But the problem was you're never your neighbor. The solution was never fixing your neighbor's behavior. The false premise that you had of your powerlessness and your ability to maintain some alignment, work on processing limiting beliefs, moving into a level of acceptance, and then getting to the perspective where that inspiration could hit you at a point where, from that perspective, you'd be able to push past the fear and do exactly what you did. You came with the intention of having a conversation to understand their point of view or their perspective and to have them understand your perspective. And quite possibly, you may have had an idea of an outcome. Finally, I have the inspiration, I push past the fear, I take the action, I maintain a higher perspective in the conversation, I had resolution at the end, and I felt both powerful and yet uneasy at the same time. And so there is a little bit more to do, you see. Now, as we said when we began, what is happening now is not the thing that you're worried about. The thing you're worried about is this impending threat of legal action. It's a wonderful way to get you thinking, isn't it? Because if someone points out something that might be happening in the future, where does your mind go? Well, it generally goes to the worst possible outcome. All the things that could go wrong, all the things that you could lose. It never really points to the amazing, powerful feeling you might have as a result of this. If you could think of it again and go through it all and just imagine one spectacular, unimaginable moment after the next, going forward, going forward, going forward, going forward, not to the resolution of this egress issue, but to the resolution of this powerless feeling that you've been carrying with you and that most humans carry with them. Would you prefer, in a year's time, to have a higher perspective as the result of the work that you've been doing, looking at the best possible outcome of every single event, thinking in terms of, this is leading me to an understanding of my power, or would you rather have this resolved like that? See, from your perspective, you would say, I don't want any conflict. I don't want any issues. I don't want any problems. I just want love, peace, and joy. But you don't get it from the perspective where you are, the limited perspective. You get there from the higher perspective, not in the conditions outside of you reflecting back pure love, joy, rainbows, and unicorns, but of you maintaining the perspective where you are at peace with whatever happens. How could you be at peace with whatever happens? How could you maintain a perspective that high? You might start by saying, things are working out for me. I'm the creator of this reality. Others are here to serve me. I've created some context. I'm having an expansive experience in this lifetime. I'm coming from a limited perspective to a higher perspective. There is nowhere to go. This is eternal. I can't get it wrong. I can't make a mistake. I cannot lose. I am not separate from these people. 
these people are serving me at all times. They're having to go to court to serve me. They're having to get upset to serve me. You can go on and on and on raising that perspective. Now, your friends, your family, your other neighbors may say that's Pollyanna. You're just looking on the bright side. But if you understand how the system works, if you understand what you've gone through in the last eight months, if you realize the feeling of power through pushing past fear to get to another level of perspective, here you are. What could be the Emma that exists eight months from now in terms of perspective? And how else would she get there without the context, without the neighbor serving her as she is? You can move easy. You can get a lawyer easy. But can you go through this process in joy? Can you expand that identity? Can you start to see yourself as more powerful? Because that's the issue here. Everything you want is coming to see yourself in focus, who you truly are. The version of you that exists, that believes she's powerless, is inaccurate, not true. And the perspective shift from powerless to powerful, not by being able to control conditions, but by being able to control the steps, the process of going through anything, the perspective, the alignment, the reception of inspiration, the understanding, the compassion, being able to mentally shift that perspective so that you can see more of what's really happening. Why would she be upset? Why would this whole ordeal take place in the first place? What kind of person or perspective would you have to have where this would never even be an issue? Think about the person that you were when you bought the property or rented the property, moved in. Think about how you attracted the neighbors. Think about how you missed or didn't see what was going to happen with this. Think about why would this be occurring now of all times when you're listening to this information and doing the work that you're doing? As Emma previously realized that the retreat was all set up for her and seeing herself in that perspective, how is this possible? Who am I where all these people come to have conversations that I will later hear that relates to a validation of the insight I just received separately? Who are you possibly to have the neighbor and the landlord and whoever else involved in this whole situation to help you see your power? This is the shift in perspective. It's more than nodding to the idea that you create your own reality or the comfort that you may receive when you say to yourself, things are working out for me. It's literally to see yourself as the creator and one with your creation. You look at your creation, you look at your condition, and you say, I would not create that. Could a creator say that? Could a creator of a perfect creation say that you'd have to look at that and say well that has to be perfect too so what is this doing for me oh well what i noticed over the last eight months is i've shifted my perspective 
I've practiced acceptance. I received inspiration. I felt the fear. I pushed past the fear. I had this conversation. And, well, I used to think that when I had the inspiration and when I pushed past the fear and when I took the action, that I would be led to an outcome that I wanted. Well, what do you want more than a manifestation event? If you're a limitless being and manifestation events show you your limitations, and this is the only way you can find your limitations, then the manifestation event is the greatest gift. If the neighbor participated in presenting you with a manifestation event, she is your best friend. She is your greatest creation. And you want more and more and more because you could handle it. You could handle it. You could handle the challenge, the obstacles. They would not come if you couldn't handle them. They're not happening to people who can't handle it, you see. Those who are experienced life on Earth, just to experience it without the intention of raising perspectives, are not having these kind of manifestation events. But they're not having a lot of growth or expansion the way you are in love. You all are a bit different. You're on a different level. You are being led to who you truly are, to what your true power is, and to the inversion point where you say, I don't really need to worry about me. I'm here, like everyone else is, to be of service when I can be of service, by acting on inspiration generally. That's what you want. You want this feeling you get when you feel inspiration and you know it's true and you feel the fear and you have courage to push past the fear. That's power. That is the only power in this reality, to push past this irrational fear and do the thing you're inspired to do because that inspiration is leading you to everything you truly want. Everything you truly want is on the other side of that fear. Now, when you have this context, you define it, you judge it, you make it up. And you can judge it and say, this is a bad thing and worry about what you could lose or the worst thing that could happen, that she'll be homeless and destitute and dead at some point. Or you can imagine the best that can happen. Now, if you imagine the best that can happen, you are looking at it from a higher perspective. From that perspective, you will have more insights, more connection, more inspiration. You'll know what to do, but the people who are always looking at the worst possible outcome, they're in fear and they lose that connection. They can't get inspiration. So this is why we say accept, 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 because in acceptance, you have connection. In resistance, you have no connection. You have no power. The power is in the connection with the inner self who can see more and guide you along the way to what you truly want. And all the experiences, your job is to see it or experience it. Enjoy. Enjoy, you maintain connection. In fear, you do not. This is your power. It's given to everyone. But why don't they use it? Because they feel they can protect themselves. They can control situations. They can change conditions. Makes sense when you feel disconnected when you have the illusion of separation and forget your power. You forget your power. You forget you're connected. Therefore, you need to protect yourself. And therefore, you strive to change conditions and you act on urges 
but the urges never lead you to what you want. They always lead you away from what you want. So we come along and say, what you want is on the other side of the fear when you're inspired and in connection with your inner self. Now, you've proved this to yourself already. You've had this experience. Most people will look at the outcome and say the experience wasn't perfect. But if you look at the experience itself, forgetting about the outcome, just that experience, it was perfection. It gave you information you did not have before. And it revealed your true power. Fascinating thing. It led into another manifestation event. But you want that. It's the next step. Now you'll accept this next step. And you'll be guided exactly what to do. But to get there, you'll have to imagine the best that could happen. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I've already been doing that. Excellent. It feels powerful. Thank you. Really, really helpful. Thank you. Wonderful. We have time for one silly question. Silly, short, sweet, little, innocent question. Who has a silly question? Tammy, I want to ask Joshua, how does kindness help other people? It doesn't. It only helps me. Exactly. It helps you in what way? Um... I don't know. I just get a lot of joy from kindness. And I think it's like the first step toward being more loving and compassionate. What's the benefit of being loving or compassionate? Uh, it's a high perspective. Exactly. And in a high perspective, are you more or less connected to your inner self, source of self, and your millions of guides and supporters? I'm more connected. You're also more connected to who? To my, to well, to everyone and to my guides and supporters. To the person you're kind to, to the mass consciousness of the planet. You're operating as if you're in oneness, in kindness. And in oneness is where you're headed. This fourth density, oneness. This idea that you're all connected. When you're kind to someone else, you're kind to yourself. When you're angry with someone else, you're angry with yourself. When you're kind, you're connected. When you're upset, you're not connected. When you wish something was different, you're leaning back. When you accept what is, you're leaning in. This is oneness, connection, leaning in. This is what you all want. This is where you're all going. This is how you get there, through kindness, compassion, and understanding. Other people are going to be upset. Other people are perceiving their reality incorrectly. They're receiving negative emotion in the form of guidance. While they're in negative emotion, that's the only connection they have. They don't have connection to inspiration, intuition. They will recover. They'll feel better later. They'll have insights themselves. They will gain something from the experience of being upset. But when you're kind to someone who's upset, you're just saying to them, you can't hear the non-physical from this perspective, but you can hear me. You might not like what I say. You might blow it off. You might think I'm being silly. But when you can lend an ear, give some compassion, and offer some kindness, 
you're connecting when they cannot. That's an amazing thing. And it's good for you because it's good for them. And with that, we are complete. Thank you. When I was doing that channeling process, it seemed like it was all over the place. Didn't make any sense to me at all. And I was curious to see if there'd be a lot of uh, pauses and ums and all that stuff and a lot of editing to do. And then when I get back to start the editing, it's amazing. So I really, really enjoyed that one. It was not like I remember doing it. Uh, it's really fascinating, but it's talking about this idea that we're setting up these conditions to come from the illusion of separation into the truth of oneness. And as we do that, we raise our perspective along the way and we see this more clearly. And when you understand that we are all one and everyone in your reality is serving you and you're serving them and we're all, all in this together, well, it makes life a lot easier and it makes it a lot more simple. And you don't really get annoyed with people who are frustrated and upset because you know that they're just receiving guidance in the form of negative emotion themselves. They just don't, don't know what's going on. We are going to have another retreat. We're going to make a special retreat. This is going to be uh, energy healing and a um, activation retreat. We've tried to do these on Zoom with hundreds of people, and it never records for whatever reason. So we've come to the conclusion that it can only uh, we can only do this live. So we're going to have a retreat in February and then one in April. The April is the normal spring retreat, and the February one is a activation and uh, energy clearing retreat just special for this. So if you'd like information on any of those retreats, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com, and I'll send you all the information. And thank you so much for all of you who have left reviews lately. It's really, really fun to see the reviews. And of course, it's the best thing that helps us get this word out to other people. Uh, so whatever you can do, we really appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. Have a wonderful week. Bye.